listening to the Dynamic Women podcast. Each week, you'll be inspired by our global community of women. They'll share with you tools and stories to help you be dynamic in every area of life. He's your host, award-winning coach, and the CEO and founder of Dynamic Women, Diane Ralston. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Today, I'm going to talk about how to stop struggling with perfectionism, and I'm going to share what I learned from Hall of Fame kicker, NFL Hall of Fame kicker, Nick Lowry, um, and some tips that I took away from him last week at, when I was in Vegas, and I met him, and I heard him speak, and it was incredible, and to be honest, I thought I, I, I wasn't sure what I was going to get, and I've got so much to share. Uh, I actually think I might have to do two lives about this, just so that I can uh, I can get it all in. Uh, today, I'm going to talk about how to stop struggling with perfectionism and some other things around training, around about mentors, perfectionism, failure, and how to do well in your training or in your preparation for success. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about, uh, first of all, where I was last week. I was at with one of my coaches doing um, a speaking, uh, learning about more about speaking, how to take my business, my speaking business forward and so I connect with uh, business entrepreneurs that are there and um, other speakers investors all different kinds of people and the cool thing about that is I get surrounded by all these amazing people and then uh, we like network and we hot seat and mastermind and then sometimes famous people famous people come in and they help you know, help us move forward. And so um, today I'm going to talk about what I learned from NFL Hall of Famer, um, Nick Lowry. So I'm going to be taking it away now. Okay, here we go. Are you wanting to stop struggling with perfectionism? I get it. I know it can be hard to let go of perfectionism, of feeling like you have to be the best all the time. Um, but in some professions, you actually have to be the best. And what I'm going to do today is I'm going to talk about what I learned from Nick Lowry. He was an NFL kicker, a Hall of Fame kicker. He had years where he had perfect score. So he would kick 24 for 24. Um, and as a former rugby kicker, I know how hard that can be, but the difference between being a rugby kicker and being an NFL kicker, especially at the level I played at and the level he played at, is that I wasn't getting paid for it. Um, there wasn't such a high probability that I could be cut if I missed one. Where yes, he could. He could lose someone the like the Super Bowl championship. He could lose an opportunity to get to the Super Bowl, and. Uh, and so that pressure, and if you can imagine, you know, kicking for posts, even if you don't know football, you can just imagine that time where you're there and you literally get like 30 seconds to run your butt from the bench out there. The crowd is going crazy, right? Both teams are like either cheering or booing you, all the fans. You get out there. You have to be perfect. You have to be ready to go. And you have all these people in the stadium watching you. You have your coaches watching you, teammates watching you. You have the other team coming to run at you to stop you from doing it. The other team is like 
saying, like, calling things at you, running their mouth at you. And you've also got all the people watching at home. Like, that is complete, complete, like, way to shoot your nerves there. Um, and to be able to be perfect and focused in that, in that case, um, like hats off to him, man, he has done such a good job. Um, he was the highest point scorer in his time and he got in the hall of fame. And so I really trust what he has to say about these different topics. So again, the topics I'm going to cover are perfectionism, mentors, failure, and training. So I'll start going through them. The, uh, the first one I'm going to talk about um, is around failure, and failure often comes up because we're trying to be perfect, and really, if we're not perfect, everything that happens to us is failure then, if it's not perfect, and so uh, he said some really cool things that helped me to put things in perspective and help me to just kind of pull back a little bit and, and not be so stressed about it. So, you know, these, I'm, I'm going to tell you these different things and I'm curious as to which ones kind of impact you the most. So in, um, in failure, he said uh, that when we've had a failure, when we have been hurt, when we've been cut in some point, some way, that what we need to do is double our efforts after because we'll get over the pain quicker. I don't know if you can relate to that at all. Say it again, double your effort after a cut or after a failure and you'll get over the pain quicker. Now, why is this important? Well, he was cut 11 times from eight different NFL teams. And then when he was brought in to have a kind of a tryout, he had to beat out the current champ of kicking for that, not just that team, but like the world kind of, or the NFL record holder for kicking. He had to beat that guy out to even have a chance. So if you can double your effort up after you have a failure, you'll get over the pain quicker. You'll get over your self-judgment quicker. You'll get over that place of, I can't do it, that lack of confidence. Also, he said that the first, um, so no, no cut or no failure after the first one hurts as much, right? So the first failure hurts as much. So in the business world, maybe when you're trying to get a client, that first no hurts more. That first time that you lost a contract hurts the most. The first time that you bombed on stage. The first time, fill in the blank, that you had a struggle, that's going to hurt the most. But each one after that, it doesn't hurt as much. It's not going to hold you back as much. It's not going to kind of kill your confidence. Now, I wanted to talk about failure first because we're going to get into the perfectionism. And a lot of times we are, um, because we feel failure, we don't do things at all, right? Because we want to be so perfect that there's no room for failure. And so we don't even try to do things. Um, and he said, sometimes we're not getting the big opportunity because we're meant to grow. Sometimes we're not getting the big opportunity because we're meant to grow. And so what that means is it's okay if sometimes you fail. It's okay if sometimes you don't have the response that you want. 
how can you learn from that? And we do that a lot in dynamic year where we look back at the past year and we pull out kind of what are the learnings there? How are you meant to grow? And wouldn't that be much nicer for a um, recovering perfectionist or a true perfectionist to say, okay, so that didn't happen. Where am I meant to grow? Rather than what did I do wrong? Though a perception like that happens, that the shift that can happen between those two questions is very strong. How am I meant to grow here rather than what did I do wrong? Can you feel the difference between the two? Yeah, so amazing. I really like that one. Um, and then the thing that kind of blew my mind <laughs> was that he said, um, you just have to be one tenth of a percent better than yesterday. You just need to be one tenth of a percent better than yesterday. Wow. Like, does that not take the pressure off of being perfect? That if you could just be one tenth of one percent better than yesterday, that means you're growing. That means that even if you've had a failure, you're still growing and you can still be one tenth of one percent. Do you feel like you could be one tenth of a percent better than yesterday? I believe so. So Nick, let me try again. <laughs> Nick Lowry um, didn't maybe specifically speak about perfectionism or failure, but I've kind of condensed my notes into these different categories. And so around perfectionism, he actually was saying that we need to be perfect in practice. So in our preparation for going to do whatever we're doing in our business, we need to be and I'm going to relate it back to your business rather than, you know, thinking of him on the field kicking. So in your business, if you can practice your sales calls, if you can practice your talk you're going to do, if you can practice uh, your coaching or whatever it is that you do, if you can practice these things, then when you get to the real kind of game time, then you're going to be able to have more confidence and have more of an opportunity to be perfect. So I guess this one is supporting being perfect and that's okay. Um, because you'll feel more confident, which will take the pressure off of being perfect because if you practice imperfection, if you practice to do it really well, then when you show up, you'll be able to do a better job. But you need to give yourself permission to miss. You need to give yourself permission to fail. If you give permission to not be perfect, to have things that don't go right the first time, you will have permission to then be perfect. Because if you don't give yourself permission to fail, what I've seen so many times in my clients is they don't even get started. Ah, right? They don't reach out to that potential client. They don't apply for an opportunity. They don't ask for something that would support them. They don't get into a collaboration with someone because they're afraid of the failure of it. But if you can just be like, screw it, I might make a mistake and that's okay. I have permission to fail. That then gives you the ability to get moving forward and then to be perfect or, you know, an eight out of 10 or excellent or whatever it is, whatever word it is that will help you to sit right in that terminology for you so that you're not freaking out and judging yourself. 
The other thing is sometimes you can be perfect and you'll still miss. Sometimes you can be perfect and you'll still miss, right? Maybe you've gone and you for uh, to work with a client or for an, a job interview and you've been like, but I was the best choice. And you probably were. Maybe in a relationship, you're like, what? They broke up with me? But we were great. We were perfect. You could still be perfect. You could still be amazing. And you could still miss. You could still not get what you want. We could look at that as like you were meant to grow. Or maybe that's just the way it is. I don't know how many times I've kicked perfectly and the wind blew. <laughs> that I have um, been perfect in my presentation and no one wanted to sign up with me, right? It's not always about you. There is environment and other factors, other people, people's limiting beliefs. So don't feel that because you missed, because you didn't get what you wanted, that you didn't do a good job. Again, go back to learning from it. Okay. Now, the last piece that I want to be um, sharing with you around perfection is if you're trying to be perfect, you're working hard towards being perfect, or I'm going to switch the word now, you're working hard to move yourself forward into your excellence, into your brilliance, into the highest level you can possibly be, you need to look at the influences around you. The good ones and the bad ones. You need to look at who is influencing you. What is influencing you? You've got your good ones. You know what those are. Those are your coaches, your mentors, your good friends, your family, the positive books that you're reading, the um, trainings that you're receiving, the you know your healthy friends. These are all things that have good influences on us. Let's think of the bad influences. And if you're like, whatever, that's fine. They do their thing. I do my thing. You know what it's like with a bowl of fruit where you've got a beautiful bowl of peaches or you've got a beautiful bowl of strawberries or of, of raspberries. And you know what it's like when you find in the bottom that one rotten one. That rotten one never just takes itself out. That rotten one is touching other, rot other ones that start to turn rotten. That rotten one is near others and starts to tarnish the others. And then it spreads. And the longer that bad influence is there, that bad piece of fruit is there, it is going to take over the whole bowl. So maybe in your life you have a toxic person. Maybe you are doing something that's a bad habit, maybe watching negative TV, or you are hanging out at the wrong place or with the wrong people. You really have to look at what is influencing me on the bad side as well. I know Nick, he hung out with people like Tony Robbins, and just two doors down from him was, um, oh my goodness, I can't remember now. Famous Muhammad Ali, famous boxer, what lived two doors down, and he did work for the government, and so he got in with you know Clinton, the Clintons, and other people like that, and so he hung out with people who, you know, pushed themselves for excellence and were high achievers. 
I never asked him if he hung out with anyone that was a bad influence. But if you look at everything in your life, I want you to be thinking about what's a bad influence on your life and how can you cut it out? So at this point, we've talked about failure. We've talked about perfectionism. And we've talked about, um, oh, now I'm going to go to, now is the time to talk about how to do well in your training, meaning how to do well in your day-to-day so that when you do need to go into game time, when you do need to go into this time um, of actually being on, of doing your craft to its highest degree, then you will have a better time in doing it. So first is you need to trust your training. You need to trust how you're doing things and keep your head down and just trust that you know. So often in entrepreneurs, what I see is they work on one thing and then they're like, oh, maybe this isn't it. Or they don't even have a system or a process for it. And then they just like go off and they try something else and then they go off and they try something else. So they're not trusting their training. You need to figure out what is the best training for me. What does that look like? How do I want it to be? And get some input from others. Get some input from experts who actually do it. And then, because like I know Nick Lowry, he had a kicking coach. He had his his main coach. He probably had a nutritionist, uh, someone who monitored his working out, like physio person. He has all of this covered. So you need to keep your head down once you have that training and just do it. Just head down and do it. Pomodoro technique is a really great way to do that. If you just Google um, Diane Rolston Pomodoro technique, you're going to find a video where I explain that further. Now, the second thing is if you do the practicing well, then you'll feel that when you go into kind of game time, you can relax. If you've done the work, you'll be able to relax when you need to be on. And every practice should have a purpose. If you are doing something in your business, in your life, that you're like, why am I doing this? You need to check yourself. You need to see why you're doing it and make sure that there's a purpose to it. And then make sure your team knows or anyone working with you. Because if they don't know what the purpose is, they might not do it how you say to do it. And they might not do it consistently. And they might do it their own way. Which if there's a purpose to how you're supposed to be doing it, they need to know so that they do it the way that it needs to happen. And when you're doing all these things, all this um, practicing, all the uh, rehearsing, all the training, you need to act as if you're already there. And what I want to say to business owners is I want you to think about a couple years from now. So how will you be a couple years from now? And act as if you're already there. So if you're showing up at a conference, show up as if you are where you will be in two years. You'll have a different confidence to you you'll be able to really put your best foot forward. And then people react better to you in those situations. Every, every time we go out, that's an opportunity for us to train to be in our most brilliant selves. And then when you're training, do something so much that you can be unconscious with it. Now, when I'm working with my clients in a hot seat situation, a mastermind, or even in a one-on-one or a VIP day, They'll say, oh my gosh, Diane, how did you, how did you say that? 
what did you see there? It just rolled off your tongue and it just rolls off my tongue because I've been practicing, practicing certain sales scripts, practicing certain things that I say um, in different situations. They're like, oh my gosh, it's so easy. It's so easy because I trained. It's so easy because of all the time I took into, into practicing it. And the same is true for you. And when you do something so often, it does become unconscious, which is amazing, which makes life so much easier. Um, and then if you bring it into a system and a process for your business, not only is it easier for you to be remembering every step um, or to know every step, you don't even have to remember because you have it written down. And then for others to duplicate what you do super well. I haven't actually even said who I am. I'm Diane Rolston. I am a business and life coach working with high achieving women and business owners, leaders. And uh, I also speak and uh, professionally and I have a women's community called Dynamic Women. That's where I met a lot of a lot of the amazing women that are on the uh, on the session today. And so the last piece, the last piece that I'm going to share that Nick Lowry taught is around mentors. If you have mentors, great. Who are mentors? They are trainers and coaches and other people ahead of you in the industry. And what I love is how he said, magical people will reaffirm who you are. <laughs> I love that. Because it makes me think like, yeah, mentors are magical people. Um, my coaches to me are magical people because they help for me to know who I am and they keep me on course and they believe in me. I love doing that for my clients. That's the greatest gift my mom ever gave me was believing in me to such a high degree. And I love doing that for my clients as well. So magical people will reaffirm who you are and they're magical mentors usually. Um, another, another thing around mentorship is be who you thought you couldn't be. And then the piece I want to add on to that or hire someone who believes you can. So if you don't believe that you can be something, if you don't believe in yourself, hire someone who believes in you. In doing that, you eventually will step up. They'll help to hold a mirror up to you, not actually figure, this is just figuratively. Um, they are going to hold up a mirror so that you can see who you truly are. And when you get knocked down, they're going to remind you how awesome you are and lift you up again. This one made me laugh. I shall, I'm going to share first um, uh, something we all know. Thank your mentors. So if you have coaches or trainers or people who have been in your life, thank them. Please thank them. When I receive cards from clients and emails and testimonials and, and such, my gosh, that just fills my heart. It's like um, the easiest way to fill my tank is through words that share um, people's gratitude and their, and their change and what's happened in them. So always thank the people that are supporting you. And the last one, which totally made me laugh, was no one wants to hear your excuses. Just get it done. And I think this is true in all areas of life. No one wants to hear your excuses. Just get it done. And if you're hearing your own excuses, just look a little bit deeper into what that means for you, what is really limiting you and holding you back. So those, those were all, like not all actually, I still have a few more, um, a few more things in here. Um, like your job is to love your work and perfect your craft. 
You need to have your dream in your heart and you need to live it every day. You must have faith in your craft. And when necessary, we can shift to another gear. So those are my last points there I wanted to share of how uh, Kansas City Chiefs, who won the Super Bowl in 2020, um, he is the Hall of Fame kicker, Nick Lowry, learned lots from him, and just encourage you to listen to others who maybe you wouldn't uh, right off the bat feel like you could learn from them. Really listen, really open up your eyes, your ears, your heart, and glean from them whatever you can. In any industry, we can learn from each other. And so I trust that you will take one piece, one piece that I have shared with you today and put it into play in your life and your business. So with that, I will close off for today. Nick Lowry, I learned so much from, and I will probably kind of quote him moving forward. And I just, I appreciate you joining today. I appreciate you um, listening in, investing your time in this and would love to hear your feedback. You can reach out to me, Diane at dianerolston.com. You can give me a topic, a question, a challenge, or an opportunity that you want me to optimize, and I will cover it uh, on here. So a big uh, moi to all of you. Stay dynamic, have a fabulous week, and we'll talk later. Bye. Thank you, Dynamic Women, for joining us today. Please hop on over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a review. Who do you know who needs to hear our message? We'd love it if you'd share our channel with your friends and family. If you're ready to be more dynamic, have more balance and more success, head over to www.dynamicwomenclub.com forward slash free gift for your key to success book. Stay dynamic.